comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. You are blessed. Praise God. Our prophetic focus this month is coming from Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. Philippians 3.20. It says, for our citizenship is in heaven. For our citizenship is in heaven. From which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read it together. One go. For our citizenship is in heaven. From which we Lord Jesus Christ. So our prophetic focus for the month of October and maybe a little further is I am a citizen of God's kingdom. This is the focus that is introducing our new series we are going to be running. I'm a citizen of God's kingdom. Say it three times. I am a citizen of God's kingdom. Boldly, I am a citizen of God's kingdom. Again, I am a citizen of God's kingdom. So that's what we are going to be looking at in our running series for the Sunday mornings is going to be kingdom culture. Kingdom culture. I'm going to be teaching on kingdom culture. So that is a series we'll be running with all through this month. This morning, we just start with the introduction. And in the introductory teaching, we are looking at understanding the concept of kingdom. Understanding the concept of kingdom. So teaching on understanding the concept of kingdom, part one. Come with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 33. We are going to read it together. Therefore I said to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not the life more than the food and the body more than clothing. 26. It says, look at the best of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands. I can't hear your voice. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Of value Go ahead. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. You need a toy. Better. And yet, I said to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Let's go. So, the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after to the Gentiles, for your heavenly Father knows all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't worry. Be happy. 
In fact, that could also be another title for my teaching. Praise God. Because when the subject of the kingdom is announced, it's time for a person to be happy. Nobody hears good news and feels sad. Do you know the message of the kingdom is called good news? From today, only good news is what you shall hear. I said from today, you shall hear only good news. In your business, good news. In your academics, good news. In your health, good news. Evil news shall be far from you. In the name of Jesus. Our prophetic focus for the year 2020 is kingdom addiction. That is becoming obsessed with the kingdom. Becoming overwhelmed with the kingdom. Becoming sold out to the kingdom. Becoming dedicated to the kingdom. Falling in love in immeasurably more with the kingdom. Our anchor text for the whole year is Matthew 6.33. In that text, there are four things that comes out very clear in this particular text. Four components out of the text. In this text, we see the divine command. Somebody say the divine command. In this text, we see the divine priority. And then we see the divine object and we see the divine position. All of that are coming from four words in that text. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The word seek represents divine command. Somebody say divine command. The word first represents divine priority. And then the word kingdom represents the object of our seeking. What are we seeking? What are we looking for? You remember Mary, when she got to the tomb of Jesus and the angel appeared, he said, who are you seeking? Until you know what you are seeking, when you find it, you will even know it. If you are looking for diamond and you find gold, you will know that you have not found your diamond. If you are looking for silver and they hand you wood, you will know that that's not what you are looking for. But when you don't know what you are looking for, they can just deceive you with anything. From today, you will find what you seek. You will know the right thing to seek and you will find it as you seek it. Can someone give me a better amen? Give me a louder amen. So what are we seeking? We are seeking the kingdom. And then what must be our position? What must be our placement? It's righteousness. Now, we have done an earlier teaching. You can go to the podcast in January and February. You'll find them there. Where we looked at the divine command, seek. We also looked at the divine priority, some aspects of it. I started teaching on first things first. How many of you remember first things first? I'll come back to first things first because we didn't finish. But this season, the stirring I have in my spirit is to take it a step further by looking at the divine object, which is the kingdom. Somebody say the kingdom. So this kingdom culture series shall be focusing on the divine object, which is the kingdom. We are not done with the priority, first things first. But we will come back to it because it's such a broad area that we can't even exhaust soon. So we're just also going to introduce the kingdom because the kingdom too, we can't just finish it. So we are looking at understanding the concept of kingdom. In this, we'll be answering the question, what is a kingdom? How does a kingdom look like? How will we be able to know that we are in the kingdom? How do we live our lives in the kingdom? So that is what we are going to be looking at and we are starting it right away. But seek first the kingdom of God. Let's go to that text. Seek first the kingdom of what? And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. Seek first the kingdom of God. What are we seeking? The kingdom. How we are to seek it is first. But what we are seeking is the kingdom. 
So we need to understand what is a kingdom. The American Heritage English Dictionary defines kingdom as a political or territorial unit ruled by a sovereign. A territorial or political unit that is ruled or controlled by a sovereign is a kingdom. When we talk about the kingdom of God, we are talking about a realm over which God dwells or God rules. We are talking about a territory where God is Lord and King. A kingdom refers to a king who is operating within a specific domain. To be sovereign is to possess total or absolute authority. When we say someone is sovereign, it means he has total control. He is independent from external influence and control. That is who the Lord Jesus is. That is who a king and a kingdom is. But God has gifted some people with deeper insight and revelation in our times, in this generation, with revelation about the subject of the kingdom. I realize that it's not something that is commonly taught because the subject of the kingdom of God is a bit technical. We talk about the kingdom of heaven. We talk about the kingdom of God. We talk about inheriting the kingdom, all kinds of things. And from my readings, I realize that some people go very theological. Others are very technical that you can't even appreciate it. Now, you must understand that failure to understand the message of the kingdom will make you a failure in life. Praise God. If we don't get the message of the kingdom, you can never live life at the level God wants you to live it. That's why it's important. There is one thing the Bible said you are to seek. And every other thing will be added unto you. Every other thing will be in place. I don't know what the other things are. For some people, other things is a wife. Some people, other things is a child. For some people, other things is a house, a car, degree, or whatever. But all other things can be added only when you seek what? The kingdom. So, if you are going to seek the kingdom, I think it's prudent you understand it so that you can seek it well. The reason why some of us are not committed to the kingdom, we don't live the kingdom life, and we don't function in the kingdom the way we ought to function is because we don't fully understand and appreciate the place of the kingdom. We we'll look at the priority of the kingdom, why the kingdom must be a priority, and I will spend some time there. But in this service, we are just looking at what the kingdom is. So that is the definition from English. Now we want to listen to Dr. Mas Moreau. He's late now. But he wrote a couple of books on the kingdom. A number of them. You can later on search and then you see some of them. This is his explanation which I find very biblical and consistent with scriptural principles. Let's read it together. He said, a kingdom is the governing influence of a king over a territory. With his will, his purpose, his intent producing a culture and a moral standard for his citizens. Praise God. Now, all the words there, I can get a scripture to back each of them. That is why we are going to adopt it as a working or teaching definition for what a kingdom is. And out of all of that, what we are going to be zeroing on, and even that one, not exhaustively, because the kingdom culture, I realize that what I'm seeing, we can even look at just one culture when we get into it. And so we'll be coming to it again and again. It's a culture we'll be zeroing in on. But a kingdom is a governing influence of a king over a territory. Imparting that territory with his will, his purpose, his intent, producing a culture and a moral standards for his people. Now, as this teaching goes on, I want to encourage you. Go and find some of those books. Can you project some of his books? the kingdom series books find them and read them don't be an ignorant christian i'm not a pastor who is afraid to let you read the books i read not at all so read them it will only help you understand the things i teach better 
some of the things I'll share from you, some of them will come from the books, but most of them you are not likely to see it in the book. Praise God. But the books will help you to understand some of the things I'll be sharing with you. So it will also expand your knowledge base. So please find some of those materials and read them. Now, so that is kingdom. Somebody say that is kingdom. What is kingdom? A kingdom is the governing influence of a king over a territory, imparting that territory with his will, his purpose, his intent, producing a culture and a moral standard for his citizens. That is a kingdom. We are in a kingdom. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. In the book of Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 12 to 13. He said, giving thanks unto God who had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13, he said, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Somebody say, I'm in the kingdom of his dear son. Where are you now? Good. So once we are in the kingdom, then we need to understand that we are subjects of a king. And we need to understand our kingdom. In our kingdom, we have the king of kings as our Lord and our master. Praise God. Jesus Christ, the Bible declares him as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We are told in the book of Revelations 19, 16. And he has on his robe and on his thigh the name written, king of kings and lord of lords. Praise God. There are many kingdoms. We have many natural kingdoms. There are earthly kingdoms and there are heavenly kingdoms. In the realms of the earthly, among us here in Kumasi, we have the Asante kingdom with us. We have all kinds of kingdoms. We have the Zulu kingdom of South Africa. We have the king of Swaziland. We have the queen of England. All of these are earthly kingdoms. And kingdoms share a lot of characteristics. There are things that are very common to almost all kingdoms. I would want to walk you through a few of them in this service and next week's service by way of introducing you to the concept of kingdom. Praise God. So we are going to be exploring 30 general characteristics of a kingdom. And I say general because it can be seen in all kingdoms, among all kingdoms, in every kingdom, you will see these characteristics. They are common to all of them. One, all kingdoms have a king. Somebody say all kingdoms have a king. What makes a kingdom is a king. Because a kingdom simply means a king in his domain. That is kingdom. All kingdoms have a king. All kingdoms have a king. In our kingdom, Jesus is our king. Jesus is our Lord. We are told Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 and 2. And it's important you appreciate that you are not voted into kingship. You are not elected into kingship. You are born into a kingdom. Somebody say, I'm born into a kingdom. Huh. before we entered into this kingdom we had to be born again in John chapter 3 verse 3 he said except a man be born again he cannot enter into the kingdom of God Jesus was born king and that is how all of us are born so all kingdoms have a king somebody say all kingdoms have a king number two all kingdoms have a lord which means owner all kingdoms have a lord which means owner a kingdom has a lord the Lord and King are one and the same. The Lord and King are one and the same. We are told in Revelation chapter 19 verse 16. He has on his robe and on his side a name written the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord means owner. In the kingdom, nobody owns anything. The king owns everything. Everything in the kingdom 
That's what makes him sovereign. He's eternal, all-powerful, and has everyone under his control. Number three, the king's power is absolute in a true kingdom. In every true kingdom, the king's power is absolute. You don't challenge a king. In his kingdom, his word is power. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4, where the word of a king is, there is power. The king's power is absolute. Psalm 62 verse 11, he said, the Lord has spoken twice about head. Power belongs to God. Somebody say power belongs to God. So absolute power is the birthright of the king. It belongs to the king and to him alone. Number four, all kingdoms have a territory. All kingdoms have a territory. The king needs to have a domain. In the book of John chapter 8 verse 36, Jesus was speaking and said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants will fight. Every king has his own domain. The domain of his royal majesty, Otuvo Asantini, is the Asante region. And I think some parts of BA and some parts in the Vota region. Because I understand there are people in the Vota region who owns allegiance to the Golden Stone. But these are the areas. Before the Gold Coast days, it was larger than that. But as it's grown over time, the size has also reduced. So that is his territory. If you look at the Queen of England, UK is a territory. But she's also the head of the commonwealth. So all nations, there are nations that she still has power over. If you go to Canada, their website, you see that they use prime minister system. Just like it is in the UK. Because Canada is a part of the commonwealth nations. Canada, in a certain measure, they have allegiance to the Queen of England. That's a territory. So a king must have his territory within which he reigns. And as members of God's kingdom, all subjects of God's kingdom, we are within his territory. Number five, the king personally owns everything in his domain. Somebody say, the king owns everything. Say, the king owns everything. Please, these are foundational truths. The Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, the righteous can do what? Nothing. We are going to build the superstructure of the kingdom. But for us to build it right, that's how we have to lay the foundation. The foundation must be laid and laid well. So this is the foundation. The king owns everything in his domain. Look at Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Did you see that? Did you see that? The earth belongs to who? The Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything in it. If you go to Psalm 115 verse 16, he said, even the heavens are the laws, but the earth he has given to the children of men. In other words, the heaven and the earth are the laws. These are realms God reigns supreme over. He owns everything. The silver and the gold, the cattle on the thousand hills. How amazing. That means that God owns the oils in Ghana. He owns the oils in Nigeria. He owns all the bauxite that is in Aquatia. Every part of the world, God owns it. Are you not glad that you belong to a kingdom that's so rich? A kingdom that's so expansive? A kingdom that is not lacking in resources? Now listen, when we understand this kingdom well, the only thing we can do is we will not worry. We'll just be happy. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't worry. Be happy. That's why when Jesus was talking about the need to pursue the kingdom, he started with, don't worry, be happy. And then when he ended, he said, don't worry, be happy. Because when you just come to a place where you understand 
what I'm teaching or what I'm sharing, even this fundamental thoughts about the kingdom, your perspective will be changing. Hitherto, you have been seeing yourself as poor, wretched, as somebody who is a failure, somebody who is not going anywhere. By the time you begin to see yourself the way you ought to see yourself in the kingdom, you will see that the lines will fall onto you in pleasant places and you have a goodly heritage. I don't imagine that Prince William regretted being born into a royal family. I don't imagine that Prince Charles ever has regretted. Nobody gets into a royal family a regret. Anybody who is a royal of the Asantini, they are proud royals. When they are having a wedding, everybody watches them. How many of you watch the royal wedding? Watch it. I mean, if you go there now, the royal wedding, they just have the number of views. You'll be amazed in the billions of people. They watched it. Now, these are earthly kingdoms. And yet, they are commanding great influence. Anywhere they go, they are royal. So they don't, no, no. They, you don't treat them anywhere they go. Anywhere. And their territory is in England. But they are royals almost on any part of the world they go. Now, your citizenship is from heaven. I'm not communicating here. Your citizenship is from heaven. And he that cometh from above is above all. Now, so, if the people who are from England or from Mencia can command great power, much more must you who is a citizen of the kingdom of God. So, that understanding is critical. All I pray for you this morning is that God will open the eyes of your understanding. May the Lord open the eyes of your understanding. In the name of Jesus. Number six, the king is never voted out of power in a kingdom. The difference between a kingdom and a democracy or any of the advanced political groups is that those groups have term limits. With the exception of communist nations, most democra- almost every democracy has a term limit. Even Kagami, who has uh, some liberty, he's on the throne to 2035 or so, but he still come to a term limit. But God cannot be voted in and God cannot be voted out. Am I communicating? When you are connected to him, every benefit that flows to him, you can be sure it will sustain. If you need money and he's given it to you, it will last. Everything you receive from the king of kings endures. That's what the Bible says. Whatsoever the Lord doeth shall be forever. Nothing shall be taken out of it. Why? Because the Lord is forever. Look at what the Bible says in Psalm 45 verse 6. He said, your throne, O God, is forever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of righteousness. Somebody say, the throne is forever. So the king cannot be voted in or voted out. You don't have to worry if you are panicking because maybe you have gotten some contract with MPP and as the campaigns are on, you don't know whether they will remain in power or not. It's because it's MPP. They can be voted in, they can be voted out. NDC can be voted in. That's why President Mahama is very wild. Wants to come back again. Giving every kind of promise. Praise God. Because he was voted out. And now he's over-promising because President Akufuadu has learned from him that when you over-promise, you can get power. So he's over-promising. Mommy was telling me about some latest promise he gave. I said, hey, amazing. But having been with Nanado for the past four years, some people have seen that some promises cannot be fulfilled. I saw one video where the people were saying that, no, when he wins power, he will not do it. This is from the artist, I think one of the artisan groups or something. They said, this one, yeah, he's not. They actually made a press conference and they were rebutting it, that he won't do it. I thought that press conferences were run by political parties and their leaders. Do you know that ordinary citizens can, I'm telling you, when you overpromise, that's what happens. But let me tell you, every promise of God is yea and amen. 
Every promise of God is yea and amen. If he says you will live long, you will live long. If he said you will prosper, you will prosper. Because all the promises of him are yea and amen. He is more than able to do. More than you can even ask. So when he promises you, even when you have come to ask him, he's able to exceed what you ask. Much more when he has promised you. Am I communicating it? When you ask, he gives you more. When he promises you, you can be sure that that promise is guaranteed. The Bible says, when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by none greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely, in blessing, I will bless thee. That is why you should never worry about your future. The future is sorted out. Your future is secured. Can somebody give me a better amen? Why? Because our king is not only just and true, but he cannot be voted out. Any project he starts, he will finish it. Faithful is he who has begun a good work, who also will finish it. He will not go about complaining. Oh, and they have abandoned my project. You see, it's, it's amazing. Praise God. The king never has abandoned projects. Whatever God starts in your life, he will finish it. And I prophesy in your life this month, any promise of God in your life that has delayed, I see it coming to pass. In the name of Jesus, I command it to manifest speedily. In the name of Jesus, the vision is for an appointed time. Though it tarry, wait for it, for it shall surely come to pass. Your marriage has delayed, it's coming to pass. Your success has delayed, it's coming to pass. Your business is sluggish, but it's going to speak. In the name of Jesus, so it shall be in your life. So please understand that your king cannot be voted in. He was not voted in, so he cannot be voted out. Number seven, all kingdoms have a constitution, a covenant the king makes with his citizens. That is what the constitution is. The constitution is the king's covenant with his citizens. We see that in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. He said, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry as much as he is a mediator of a better covenant. Okay? Which is established upon better promises. Somebody say better promises. I want to move away from the promises. Because the more I hear promises, the more I get more political. Honorable, the Lord is with you. Praise God. Yeah. But you see, I can't just take my eyes off better promises. Somebody say better promises. Can I preach a little with better promises? Better promises. Better promises. Promises that cannot fail. Promises that are good. Promises that secures your future. Look at one of the promises. He said, I know the plans I have for you. He said, plans of good and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. You can never be hopeless in life. Say to yourself, I cannot be hopeless in life. My future is secure. I'm a success waiting to happen in the name of Jesus. That's who you are. That's who you are. Because his promises are here and amen. Better promises. Better promises. Great ones. In fact, it's not only better, but when you go to Peter, he said great and precious promises. Maybe I should do a series on the promises of God. I'll do that. I'll do that because I'll just do a series and title it King Promise. Wouldn't it be a good teaching? How many of you would like to listen to that list? Can promise. Can promise. There's a song like that, eh? So I'll use that song as my jingle, you know. Now, number eight, all kingdoms have laws. Somebody say all kingdoms have laws. 
All kingdoms have laws. All kingdoms have law. In every kingdom, there's a law. And that is what brings about order. When you go into kingdoms, there's order. In a kingdom, you go, there's a lot of order. Go to the Michelle Palace, there's a lot of order. If you want to see Otufo, there's a lot of order protocol. Those of you who have been privileged to meet him. There's a lot of order protocol because there are laws you must follow. You cannot ignore the laws and expect to receive. Look at what the Bible says. God also has not just given us a covenant, but in the kingdom that we belong, there are laws. Look at it. Hebrews 8 verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their... I will put my laws in their... And I'll write them on their heart, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Somebody say, I am his person. So there are laws. Somebody say, there are laws. There are laws in the kingdom. There are laws of success. There are laws of finances. There are laws for relationships. And we'll be exploring some of these laws as we go along. In the kingdom, there are several laws. Sometimes you are following one law and ignoring another. Praise God. But I see the grace of God coming upon us to abide with all the laws of the kingdom. And number nine, all kingdoms have citizens. Somebody say all kingdoms have citizens. All kingdoms have citizens. Every kingdom has citizens. That's why the Bible says in our kingdom, we are citizens. Our citizenship is from, oh, look at that with me. Our citizenship is from from which also we eagerly await for the Lord Jesus Christ. Citizenship comes with responsibilities and also bestows on you privileges and rights. When you become a citizen of the United Kingdom, there are privileges and rights. There are privileges and rights. And it also comes with responsibility. There are things you are expected to do. If you are a citizen of the United Kingdom, you have to send tax returns. If you do business here, you have to send tax returns to the UK. It's something that is required of you. It's a responsibility. And then when something happens to you in Ghana, while you are a citizen of the United Kingdom, they will come and evacuate you. Take you there. You remember when the COVID started, they came and evacuated their people. They carried them away. That's a privilege you have. And in our kingdom, there are privileges and benefits. And we'll be exploring some of such ones. And the more you see them, the more you know of these things and you begin to release your faith in them. In fact, your faith actually comes alive when you begin to see what's available for you. How many of you would like to go to the U.S.? Would like to get citizenship in the U.S.? Oh, lift up your hands. Yeah. It's a good place. What of London? Citizenship in U.K. So, the rest of you, what are you trying to do? I'm pretending. France, 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 France. And listen, if you truly desire, God will open the door for you. Okay. How many of you want citizenship in uh, Togo? <laughs> citizenship in Tunisia, <laughs> Libya, <laughs> DR Congo, Somalia. <laughs> you don't like it, eh? <laughs> the reason is obvious. How many of you enjoy citizenship in Ghana? <laughs> yeah. Praise God. But there's a superior country to which you belong. And is the citizenship in heaven. Praise God. That's why when you are on earth, you don't have to take yourself for granted at all. When we gather together, we are not just gathering for fellowship. It's an ambassadorial gathering. It's a gathering of his excellencies. You know, when ambassadors meet, they call them your excellencies. And we are heavily excellencies. 
we are representing heaven's high commission in our nation we are representing the embassies of god on the earth am i communicating somebody at all so you have to carry that ambassadorial mindset am i communicating here that's critical number 10 all kingdoms have a principle of royal favor all kingdoms have a principle of royal favor somebody say royal favor so if you look into scripture you will see in Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 5 he said if I have found favor with the king if I have found favor with the king then he will go ahead again you will see Esther then the king loved Esther 2 17 the king loved Esther more than all the other women and she obtained grace in her sight found favor in her sight there is a principle of favor and that principle works for all kingdom citizens who know how to assess it praise God that's why you cannot be disadvantaged in life. Your king can favor you. In our kingdom, the race is not what? The swift. The battle is not to the strong. The bread is not for the wise. Riches to men of understanding. God, our king, can decide to favor anybody. He can pick somebody who is from the trashes and set him on high. I see him lift you up. I see him set you on high. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number 11, all kingdoms have royal privileges to which citizens can assess. Somebody say royal privileges. Say royal privileges. Royal privileges. Citizens can assess it. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14 verse 35, it said the king's favor is toward the wise servant. The privilege is towards a wise servant. Your disposition towards the king will always position you for privileges. I see you enjoy great privileges. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs 16 verse 15, the New Living Translation. When the king smiles, there is life. His favor refreshes like spring. When the king smiles, may the king smile at you. Shout a better amen. When the king smiles, there is what? Life. His favor refreshes like a spring. In the month of October, may you experience the refreshing aspect of God's favor. May God refresh you with his favor. In the name of Jesus. Number 12, all kingdoms have a code of ethics. All kingdoms have a code of ethics. There are do's and don'ts in every kingdom. The Bible says, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of running things. All kingdoms have a code of ethics. Number 13, all kingdoms have Commonwealth, which is why they are often called a commonwealth. All kingdoms have a commonwealth. Somebody say, all kingdoms have a commonwealth. Say, all kingdoms have a commonwealth. Now, look at what your Bible says in Ephesians 2, verse 11 to 13. Look at this. It's beautiful. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called circumcision, but that word is called the circumcision made by hands. 12. That at that time, somebody say at that time, you were without Christ. Somebody say, I was without Christ. Now, so see what you were losing when you were not born again. When you were not a member of the kingdom, the Bible says you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Praise God. In the kingdom, the people, the citizens can never be hopeless. Why? Because we have a commonwealth. Somebody say you have a commonwealth. You have a commonwealth. Praise God. We have a commonwealth. That means that you have access to the wealth of your king. That's what it means. You have say I have access to the wealth of my king. Number 14. 
All kingdoms discourage private ownership. All kingdoms discourage what? Or say it. Private what? Private ownership. All kingdoms. Nobody owns anything in a kingdom. Psalm 24. It said the earth is the Lord's. Did you see that? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Real ownership in a place is determined by land. Somebody say land. What makes you an owner in a place is land. That's why when people come into a country and they are given free access and they damage the land or they buy lands, they begin to go through a season of affliction. What is happening in our country where Chinese can just mine anywhere in the long term is not good for our future. The earth is a loss and the fullness of nobody owns anything in the kingdom. Somebody say, I don't own anything. That's why the Bible calls you a steward. Do you remember that in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 2? It said, moreover, it is required in stewards that the man be found what? Faithful. You are a steward because you don't owe anything. It's just handed to you to keep. When you understand this, it will be easy to release to God. The reason why sometimes we have a difficulty giving is because we think we owe something. Oh, it's my money. Who told you? It's my time. Who told you? It's my strength. Who told you? You own nothing. The earth is a loss and the fullness thereof. He said, the silver and gold are mine. In First Corinthians 4, verse 7, he said, what is it that you have? You didn't receive. Everything you have, you have bread, you received it. You have money, you received it. John chapter 3, verse 27, he said, a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. So everything you have in the kingdom is given to you. Somebody say, it's given to me. So, all kingdoms discourage private ownership. When you stay in God's kingdom and you function with the mindset of owner, you will not prosper. That's why the law for prosperity in God's kingdom is different from the laws outside. And number 15, which is my final point for today. We are looking at 30, but this Sunday we are just focusing on 15. All kingdoms have a culture. Somebody say all kingdoms have a culture. Which is actually where we are going with our teaching. All kingdoms have a culture. All kingdoms have a culture. In every kingdom, there is a culture. The other day, Jesus called his disciples unto himself. Matthew 20, 24, 27. And he said, among the Gentiles, there's a way they run affairs. When they turned it, they were greatly displeased. Then he called them, he said, you know the rulers, verse 25, the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it among the people. But among us in our kingdom, things are done differently. The greatest in our kingdom is a servant. The culture here is different. When you go into a kingdom, you have to learn how to greet. If you go to a two-verse palace, they will show you how to greet. You don't just go there and if you're a Chinese man and you greet like this, see? No. They must teach you. You will break protocol. I'm not complicating. That's what culture is about and that is what we'll be focusing. We'll be zeroing on kingdom culture. How are we supposed to function? That is the aspect we are going to go. But these are general introduction. These 15 things are key. Next week, we'll be focusing on the other 15. The Lord bless you. The Lord give you deeper understanding. The Lord give you a new mindset. And as you understand the kingdom, may the best of the kingdom be yours. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Pastor 
Kwakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 540 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website, www.faithhousechapel.com, for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. Our first service, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. Second service, 8.15 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. Third service, 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service with our first service, 5.45 p.m. to 7 p.m. Second service, 7.15 p.m. to 8.15 p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasi Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you. Oh!